Good morning. Hope you guys are having a fantastic Tuesday morning so far. Sorry for the late start this morning, but you are watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We are live with you Monday through Friday from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hope you guys are having a fantastic start to your day and hope that we can help with that uh, by helping you to be inspired and to be um, encouraged uh, to go out and do a wonderful work in the name of the Lord and whatever endeavors and affairs you have going on throughout your day. Uh, you can also catch this show, simul um, not simulcast, but replayed on Spotify. Um, as soon as the show ends here, we go ahead and get that wrapped up for you guys and put together on um on spotify for you guys live there as well but we're going to start this morning in romans chapter 12 going to be reviewing verses 1 and 2 as we start our conversation on this morning uh feel free to drop in the comment box with any questions comments or concerns that you may have um there no question is out of bounds just be make just be mindful of being classy keeping it classy uh, but again, uh, no question or comment is out of bounds. Uh, just, um, just ask that you just continue to keep it classy in the comment box below. Um, Romans 12, 1 and 2 say, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Uh, we started a series here at the True Gospel uh, Ministry yesterday called I'm Saved, Now What? Um, and part of the conversation that, we've, that we're having so far is talking about who has our ear. Who has our attention? Who is actually the one that we give our most affect attention and affection to? Uh, who are we paying the most attention to? Who are we? Who is in our ear and speaking to us and has the most influence on us whenever we are thinking about who we are and what we want to do in the world? Um, whether we realize it or not, we are all being discipled by something or someone. Um, whenever we are going to school, for instance, and we're, we're, we're learning whatever skills we need to become whatever profession we're trying to engage in, we are becoming a disciple of that thing. I was watching a TikTok uh, video yesterday. Uh, not yesterday, but the day before yesterday, and Chris Brown was talking to Shannon Sharp on the show Club Shay Shay, and on the podcast, uh, Chris Brown had revealed to Shannon Sharp that he has about 18,000 unreleased songs, and Shannon Sharp was like, wow, that's a lot of songs, man, that's a lot of songs that you've been um, that you've been um, doing and he said yeah man because you know I've always got a song in my head I've always got a song you know in my heart and you know I built a um, studio in my house so that way if ever I'm inspired to want to write or to want to sing or whatever I can just come down into the studio and just go right to work like I don't have to wait for anybody or anything I ain't gotta wait for studio time I just go down into my studio 
and just get straight to work. And I got about 18,000 songs. He said, uh, no, 15,000 songs. He said, I have about 1,800 songs on my phone alone um, that I've done, you know, just on a whim. Whenever I felt inspired, I just start writing and I start doing things. Uh, he became a student of the game. He became a student of his craft. And he said, it's just like sharpening his sword. You know, he wanted to make sure that he's honing his craft every single day. Whenever, again, we are engaged in some type of activity or endeavor or affair, we are becoming a disciple of that thing, a disciple of that craft. And depending depending upon who we um, are most inspired by to do that thing, that is who we're going to be listening to. That is who we're going to be paying attention to. That is who is going to have our ear and have our attention. And so... If I want to become a great therapist, I would have to go and study the therapists of old uh, to study the masters who have done it, who've, who've gone before me and, and begin to hone my craft and hone my skills based upon the, the legends who have done it before, the legends who have done it way before I have. Um, if I'm going to be a great um if I'm going to be a great athlete, then I need to get in the gym. I need, I need to exercise. I need to, you know, I need to make sure I'm pumping iron. I need to make sure I'm putting the right things in my body. I need to make sure that I'm getting the right amount of rest. I need to make sure that I'm doing all the things that are necessary to become a great athlete. And I need to pay attention to the athletes who've gone before me. So I need to pay attention to the Michael Jordans, the LeBron Jameses, the um the Jack the Jackie Joyner Curseys. I need to pay attention to the to the um Terrell Owens of the world and the um in the Tom Brady's of the world and the Serena Williams of the world, you know, to you to become a student of the craft. And I need to make sure that I'm getting around and being influenced by people who love to exercise, who love to do what they do. I'm becoming a disciple of the thing that I'm enjoying doing. Being a disciple of Christ is no different. Being a disciple of Christ is no different. If we are going to become the, the, the strong Christians that God has called us to be, if we are going to be the people of God that God has called us to be, if we are going to be the children of God, if we're going to be the heirs of God, the joint heirs with Christ, if we're going to be the disciples, if we're going to be the servants, if we're going to be the beloved of Christ, then we have to be influenced and inspired by the person and work of Jesus Christ himself. And in that, we have to, in that, Christ has to have our ear. Christ has to have our attention. Christ has to have our affection. Let's call a spade a spade. For most of us in the, if I, for, I keep saying the word most. For some of us in the Christian world, we spend more time listening to people that we like more so than we do the creator. For a lot of us, we spend more time watching TikTok videos and being inspired by people who um, who speak the language that we speak, that say things that resonate with us, that say things that tickle our ears, than we actually do the full counsel of the Godhead. Instead of us actually paying more attention to who we... <clears throat> 
who we are as the believers in God and paying attention to the God of the universe, the God of all creation, the Christ who suffered and died of, um, on our behalf. Instead, we listen to a lot of other people who say things that make a whole lot of sense to us, but they may not necessarily be what God would have us to listen to or to pay attention to or to be, or to be stirred up with or to be stirred up in. We'll pay more attention to what's going on in the celebrity culture than we will what's going on in, 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 in the in the in the body of Christ. We'll pay more attention to um you know what's going on in the economy than we do uh you know what's going on in the in the in the body of Christ. We'll spend more time paying attention to what's going on in politics and whether we're a donkey or whether we're an elephant than we actually do thinking about the things of God and being a part of the body of believers. We'll spend more time trying to figure out how to get rich quick. We'll real or we'll get spend more time trying to um you know, figure out how to have, you know, seven days of doing this or nine days of doing this to become, you know, spiritually inclined than we do actually being a part of the body of Christ. We'll spend more time trying to figure out how to be in love and how to be in a relationship and how to, you know, gain influence in the world than we do actually how to be a believer in Christ. And saying what we what we've been you know, prone to doing is trying to figure out how can I get God to fit in my agenda? How can I get God to fit in my daily affair? How can I get God to fit in my narrative rather than trying to figure out how we fit in his? And that is particularly because we have not been attuned to the voice of God and God does not have our ear the way that we think he does. We'll spend more time listening to people in on TikTok videos and in social media in an attempt to try to find something that makes sense to my makes sense to you know what we call our souls, but actually makes more sense to the flesh than actually does to the soul than we do actually paying attention to to what matters the most. And as a result of that, we will divorce ourselves from the power of God, divorce ourselves from the things that God would have us to know about him, the things that God wants us to, to, to know about his will, to know about his way, and to be um, built up in our spirit man in such a way to where we are empowered to do the things that God would have us to do. The first um, verse in chapter 12 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, accept, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. <clears throat> the key, the, one of the key things for us as the body of Christ, as a body of believers, as Christians, both individual and corporate, is that when we give our lives to God, when we say yes to God, when we accept the salvation that God has, you know, secured for us through the person and work of Jesus Christ, when God has, when God gifts us with the gift of peace with him, where we have escaped the wrath of God and are ushered into a peace with him, an eternal peace that will last both now and forever, we at the same time have to die to ourselves. We have to die to our agenda, we have to die to our will, we have to die to our way, we have to die to the things that we want, die to the things that we need, die to the things that we feel like, you know, that we ought to have because of this, that, and the third. We have to, good morning, um, LaToya, good to see you this morning. 
We have to be willing to die to who we are and die to who we feel we are meant to be in order to walk with God, to walk with Christ. And for some of us, that is a hard pill to swallow because we've been taught and we've been trained that once we become a part of the kingdom, God's going to make all of our dreams come true. But let me put it, let me stick a pin in that. God does not obligate himself to make our dreams come true. God obligates himself to put you in position to leverage said position in order to win souls to him as he deems fit. As we become the living testament and living epistles of who we're of who he is in the world, that people may glorify him through the works that we do. God is not obligated to make our dreams come true. God is obligated, though, to put us in a position to where we're able to, by word and deed, present him to whoever it is that we're meant to present him to whether it's on our jobs whether it's in our homes whether it's on the streets whether it's in the churches whether it's in the supermarkets whether it's on the beach wherever god puts you you are meant to be a um a living example of who he is in the world by glorifying him in everything that you say and everything that you do which means sometimes we have to lay down the things that we want in order to be the light that shines in the darkness sometimes we have to be willing to say i don't want this i i you know no i'm sorry let me say this again i want this but God wants me and wants his agenda done more so than he wants what I want. So I have to lay that down on the altar in order to do what he is calling me to do, in order to be who he's calling me to be. Again, for a lot of us, we think that God is just meant to just bless us and, and make our dreams come true. We write our vision boards and we put them on the um, on the walls and we try to manifest these things. And we, we got God involved in our manifestations when God said, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not the God of manifestation. I don't know where y'all keep getting this mess from. I don't know where, this, where that thing is coming from. I, when I call you into the kingdom, I'm calling you to die. I'm not calling you to sit fat and to sit pretty. And Instead, you know, I'm trying. I'm not here to bless you with, with and put fairy dust on you and sprinkle, you know, happiness like a genie rubbing a lamp. I am here in order to make you more like me. I'm making you a disciple of me. I'm making you an heir of me, a joint heir with Christ. And as a result, whatever it is that I need out of you, or whatever it is that I want to do in you, you gotta die to yourself. You gotta die to what you want. You got to die to what you feel you deserve because the truth of the matter is we all deserve hell. We all deserve to be we all deserve to be placed in the place where God is not. And yet God saw fit to bring us into the kingdom and the stip and one of the stipulations of being a part of the kingdom is that you now have to surrender to the king. We don't live in a we don't we don't live in a democracy. We, we when we're a part of the kingdom, our spirits do not do not you know are not a part of a democracy. Our spirits are in a kingdom, and we serve a king. And the king has an agenda that sometimes interferes with ours. But if we say we're in this kingdom, we lay our pride aside. We lay our agenda aside. We lay the things that we want to do to the side and say, God, whatever you want. What it's gonna hurt? It's gonna hurt. I'm not gonna lie. It's gonna hurt sometimes. But God, whatever you want, because I'm a king, because I'm a I'm a servant in the kingdom. 
I'm a child in the kingdom and whatever the king says goes. And so we have to remember and recall that when we give our lives to Christ, when we are ushered into the kingdom freely given. Again, you ain't got to work to get in this. You ain't got to you ain't got to um you ain't got to you ain't got to get right, you ain't got to do right, you ain't got to act right to get into the kingdom. You are in the kingdom by repentance and belief denouncing the things that we used to love in favor of loving God and setting our affections on him and pushing all of our chips in and saying, God, if, 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 if you're not the one, then, you know, then, you know, then all, then, you know, then everything that I'm doing is out the window. Everything is out of the window. If it's not, if you're not the one, then everything that I'm doing and everything that I'm saying is completely just tossed away and tossed to the side. Um, then, we are saying by the grace of God and by the mercy of God, you know, that we are in the kingdom freely bought and given. And yet, and yet there is a price to be paid once we're in the kingdom. Now, what now in saying that the second verse says, do not be conformed to this world. When we give our lives to Christ, when we give our lives to God, we have to be ever so careful who we are allowing into our ears. We've got to be ever so careful what we are allowing to influence us. Because again, we as the people of God, we are we're saying that we're pledging allegiance to God, that we're pledging allegiance to Christ, that we're pledging allegiance to the Holy Spirit. And yet, more often than we'd like to admit, there are other things and other people that are out here influencing us to be the way that we are and to do the things that we do more. And again, we, we this is more than we want to admit because we want to say, for God I live and for God I die. You know, we want to say, you know, God is the, the, is the center of my life and God is the center of my everything. But how many of us are influenced by our boyfriends and girlfriends, our husbands and wives, more so than we are by God? We'll move when they tell us to more so than we will, you know, God tells us to. You know, we're more moved by, you know, celebrities and, you know, what they say are the hottest fashion trends or, you know, what are the, um, the, 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 the latest, um, you know, thing, lingo, the, the latest lingo to say, the, the latest agendas, like every, like we're more consumed with wanting to be a bad B and wanting to be a high value man than we are trying to be children of God. You know, we want to be, we want to be, you know, so successful and I don't need no man or, you know, all girls are gold diggers, but we but we but we claim that we have that we're that we're we're claiming that we're Christians and claiming that we're a part of the kingdom. You know, we'll we'll sit and we'll watch you know Fox News and we'll watch CNN and we'll watch MSNBC and we'll watch News Nation and we'll use watch Newsmax and all those things and we'll let them influence the way that we believe so much so that we'll say if you're not a Republican, if you're not a Democrat, if you're not independent, if you're not green, then you must not be a Christian because how can you be a Christian and then vote on this and vote on that and do this and do that when it's like my my my, my bruh, you know, God is not consumed with what's going on in the world the way that you think he is. He's orchestrating everything and all you're looking at is a perspective. But we will let those things influence and impact the way that we think and the way that we feel more so than we will the will of God. So much so to where we think, again, if, you, if, you're, if you're not this, if you're not that, then you must not be saved. 
That's what this is what we're allowing to influence and impact the way that we think and the way that we feel. We will watch will uh, or not will watch but will listen or will will read different books on the, on on you know with personality types and and um, you know attachment styles and you know in um and you know trauma bonding and all these sort of things and enneagram stuff and we'll assume we'll we'll start to assume these ideologies and assume these ideas and we'll wrap them up in Christianese to make it make sense in the gospel rather than allowing the gospel to influence and impact the things that we're reading, um and. And as a result, we'll begin to walk those things out as if that is our identity. You know, we'll sit and we'll, you know, watch different movies and we'll listen to different, um, you know, um, songs on the radio. And we'll start to let those things influence and impact the way that we think about ourselves. You know, we'll, we'll feel like, you know, all I need is love. You know, if I could just, you know, find that one person to complete me and all those other types of things, uh, we'll listen and we'll hear, you know, I'm just looking for a good night. I'm not looking for a husband. I'm not looking for a wife. I'm just looking for a good time. We'll be influenced by the things that we're hearing and the things that we're seeing. We'll listen more so to our R&B singers and our rap stars and, you know, and our, um, and our country stars. We'll listen to Taylor Swift and Beyonce before we ever listen to anything that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are saying to us. Like, can, can, let's, let's call a spade a spade. We'll listen to Lotto and we'll listen to... um. Offset, and we'll listen to, um, you know, to, to all these other folk more so than we will God and what He's trying to say to us. We'll listen more to Nicki Minaj and Cardi B and um and um Triple Extension. Like we'll listen to all those folk, Lil Nas X. Then we before we'll ever listen to a thing that God has to say to us. Before we ever listen to anything that they have to say to us, and then to make it to make things you know even more complex, we will be so willing to listen to our favorite pastors, even if our favorite pastors are preaching an erroneous doctrine. We'll listen to our favorite preachers and our favorite pastors because they can hoop and holler real good. They got a real big following on TikTok, or they got a you know they've amassed so much wealth and they've got such a big um empire you know with of, the, of, of a church that they've built and and ministries and all those sorts of things. Even if they're preaching erroneous doctrine, we will listen to them and be impacted and moved by them more so than we will anybody else we listen to. More so than anybody else we listen to. When Creflo Dollar, um, when God finally opened the, when God opened the eyes of Creflo Dollar, and Creflo Dollar admitted that he was wrong about the tithing system, so many people were were so hurt by his statements and his comments because they had been listening and had been following him for so long, and he when he realized that he was wrong and was changing the air of his ways, so many people fell away from him. But it fell away from him because he was now teaching the correct doctrine, but it wasn't what they wanted to hear because they were so they were so enamored by the idea that if I give to the church, God is obligated to bless me beyond my wildest dreams. Never mind the fact that you got a lot of people that have been tithing religiously for generations and they still barely live above the poverty line. And so, again, I'm saying all that to say that sometimes we will even allow our own pastors or the, 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 the people that we that we look up to and the people that we're, you know, that we're lifting up, you know, to be the people that are disseminating information from God to us. 
you know, we'll lift them up in such a way that if they're found to be wrong or in error of, of, of true Christian doctrine, we won't say a word. We, we won't we won't say nothing to them. We won't, you know, have a conversation with them, nor will we, um, you know, really sit on it and be like, I don't know if that makes a whole lot of sense. We'll accept it because it came from them. And so what God is telling us in the word today is that we cannot be conformed to this world. We got to be so careful who has our ear, who has our attention, who has our affections. Who are we spending all of our who are we spending the most time and attention with and on? If we know more about what's going on with um with um with uh with Jeannie Mai and her and, and, and young and I think it's young jock and the fact that they're getting a divorce now than we do what's going on, you know, in our spirit man, that is a problem. If we know more about what's going on in Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith's relationship than we do what's going on in our spirit man, that is a problem. If we know more about what's going on on with our favorite um with our favorite athletes and our favorite um you know um favorite uh, uh we, yeah with our favorite athletes and our favorite you know celebrity stars than we do what's going on in our spirit man that is a problem if we know the if we know every stat of the the of the of the football player that we love so much you know on the team on the team that we love so much if we know more about that stuff than we do about our spirit man that is a problem if we know more about What's going on in relationships and how, you know, how, you know, this person needs a man, this person needs this, this person needs that. Then we do our own inner man. That is a problem. If we know more about attachment styles and know more about, you know, our Enneagram types and we know more about our personality types and our INFJs and we know more about our astrology and know more about being a Pisces or being a Scorpio or being a Sagittarius or being an Aries or being a, a Leo or a Virgo, more so than we do being a Christian, being a child of God, being a, being a, a child of the king, that is is a problem but it is a problem that God can resolve and he can resolve it if we decide to be transformed by the renewing of our minds and the way to be transformed first and foremost is we've got to allow God to be the primary voice in our ears so the question then becomes how do I know God speaking to me how do I recognize the voice of God? One surefire way to recognize the voice of God, one surefire way to recognize the voice of God is that you've got to spend time in the Word. You've got to spend time in the Word. And I'm not talking about picking out your favorite verses and reading your favorite verses on repeat. That's not what I'm talking about. Although that's good. That is fantastic because it's good. It's better to have some word than no word. So if all you got to start off with is your favorite verses, fantastic. Start there. But we got to we got to spend time in the word to get to know the voice of God and get to start paying attention to what he's saying to us. Pay attention to what he's saying in his word. Because as we're starting to pay attention to what he's saying in his word, we are then able to map out or to 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 to, um, to, to understand what it is that he's saying in light of scripture um, um 
Jesus won't give up on you, says to pray for the gift of discernment. And that's exactly what we're talking about, being able to discern his voice. This, again, reading the scriptures and spending time in the scriptures is a surefire way to know whether God is speaking to you or not. I'm going to give you guys an example. Um, I'm a therapist, if, if you don't know. I'm a, a mental health therapist. And I had a client who was talking to me, and she said that her husband was talking to her one day and said to her, we need to get a divorce. They're married with two kids, been married for 20 years, kids are about 10 and 8. He says, God told me we need to get married, that we need to get a divorce, and that I need to get away from the kids. That there's some spiritual breakthrough that I have to do, some some breakthrough that has to happen, some generational breakthrough that I have to go, that I have to go through right now. And, and as a result, I've got to divorce you, and I got to get away from the kids and not have any dealings with y'all as I'm going to do with, as I'm going to deal with this. Now, usually when someone says God told me. Usually what we do is back up, right? Like, well, you know, if God said it, then you got to do what you got to do. But she had enough spiritual discernment to be like, something ain't right about this. The way to know whether or not God said that thing is to go into scripture and see in what universe does God, uh, does God say, let's break up a whole family. Let's break up a whole life that we've got where there's no issues, no problems, ain't nobody cheating as far as we can tell, ain't nobody doing no dirt, the kids are great, the marriage is great, the jobs are great, With the, the house is great, there is absolutely nothing going on right now, and then God tells you to go ahead and to get a whole divorce. In scripture alone, we find time and time again where God is saying, no, 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 the marriage is a picture of the character and the nature of God as it relates to Christ's relationship with the church, to church being his bride, so much so that he gave his life for it. And so marriage, if a husband and a wife are together, that let no man tear it asunder. You know, the only thing, again, Christ says the only way that we that we get a divorce is through um is through adultery. You know, as if you know if, if somebody's cheating on somebody. And as a result of that, you know, that doesn't it's not making any sense. Make the the, the math ain't mathing in that for you to want to implode an entire marriage and an entire relationship and your kids divorce yourself from your kids. Like how do you do that? You know, in in an attempt to go do something for the Lord. If anything, what we do see a lot of times in scripture, most of the time in scripture, is that if there's something that somebody's supposed to do, you take your family with you. You and your family get up and go. <laughs> you and your family take what you got, get up and go. You go together, but we're not we're not tearing this thing apart for you to do your own thing. And so again, you know, if you go into scripture, we find at least get three different places at the very least where God is saying, no, marriage is a picture of the character and the nature of the relationship we have with God. So much so to where husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church, you know, gave his life for it, sacrificed for it. You know, he, 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 and I mean, even if you even look at the, um, Look at the relationship that Hosea had with his with his wife. Yeah, I think it's Gomer was was the name of his wife. He was like, you know, yeah, she out there prostituting. Yeah, go get her. Go get her. 
Because that is how I'm relentlessly pursuing my people. That's how I'm, that's how I am relentlessly pursuing, you know, my bride, the, the church. That's how I'm, I'm pursuing, that's how I'm pursuing them. Go get your wife. Yeah, she, she caught up right now doing some, doing stuff she ain't got no business doing. Go get her. Go get her. So again, that is how we recognize the voice of God. If there's something that God says to us and it makes no sense in scripture, that's a surefire way to know that ain't, that don't sound like God. That don't sound like God. Now, if you're talking about, you know, should I choose this job or that job? Should I go here or should I go there? God gives us enough free will and common sense. Choose the best option and go and go be great. You know, and whatever happens to God be the glory. But if we're talking about something like that's, that's like purely like God is this you talking to me again, the way to know that God is speaking to you is to know who he is in the scriptures. And the more you read the scriptures, the more you get to know your God. See what we sometimes miss about scripture is that we think it's just about trying to memorize a whole bunch of texts. No, the way to get to know God is to read the scriptures because this is God breathed. Yes, man wrote this, but God inspired the men to write the books and, and in doing so lets us know the character and the nature of God enough so that we know who he is. You know, we'll never know the full expanse of who God is. He, there's just too much for any one man to know. Even Paul was like, man, there's some things that God done told me. I can't tell nobody. He done told me some stuff. I, I, I can't give that up. God said not to give that up. But he's given us so much that we can never exhaust the things of um that he has that he has for us to know about him. And so the more that we study the scriptures, the whole scriptures, again, I'm talking about from Genesis to Revelation. I'm not talking about your just your favorite verses. Eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God God has in store for those who love him. Like, get off your favorite verses for a little while and go read go read some Leviticus. Okay? Go read some numbers. Go read some uh, go read some um some Ezekiel. Go read some Amos. <laughs> you know, get go read some first and second Kings. How about we go how about we do that? You know, go read some of the other Proverbs outside of the ones that we're accustomed to reading. And I mean, this is talking to me, too, because I have a tendency to just go to my favorite verses. We got to read. We got to read the whole thing, the whole counsel of God. But again, I'm saying all that. I was about to go off on a tangent. I'm saying all that to say if we want to get to know the voice of God, we the, the surefire way to get to know the voice of God is to allow him to speak to us through the word. To speak to us through the word. Reading the scriptures will in, will greatly enhance our prayer lives, greatly enhance our meditation, greatly enhance our communication with others, greatly enhance the way that we walk around, the way we walk in this world. We want to strengthen our inner man, get some word in us. Because the Holy Spirit's job is to recall the word of God in any and all situations and circumstances so that we can grow to love him, grow to know him, grow to honor him, and grow to cherish him. And so in that, this is how we do this. This is how we do this. We grow in God by allowing God to speak to us and being careful of what we're allowing in the world to influence and impact us. We have to 
be ever so mindful and ever so careful that we're not allowing the world to influence us, to conform us to it, but rather we're being transformed by God as we're being molded and shaped into his image from one degree of glory to the next. And so we got to be ever so careful and ever so mindful that we're doing that work for the glory of God um, and that we are, you know, pushing back what is what the, the world is trying to tell us and how it's trying to influence us so that we're able to then walk in the spirit and be the light both in word and deed as we're delighting ourselves in God, um, enjoying God, glorifying God and all that we all that we say and do and making disciples from one day to the next. And so how so as we're walking about our walk with God, this is what we're doing. We are we are being influenced and impacted by God, allowing God to be the first and the uppermost voice that we hear from one moment to the next so that we're being influenced and impacted to do what he would have us to do every single day from now till kingdom come. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show right here on TikTok Live. I'm live with you guys Monday through Friday, 8 a.m., 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm grateful to everyone who's on so far. Grateful for the 1,300 likes um, and thankful for the comments that have been put in the comment box so far. I see um, Gotcha Girl um, has come back. I'm glad to see you today, my girl. Um, and she asked the question, how do you know you have faith? That is a very good question. Um, um, and so, um, I'm gonna, so the way to, so let me ask, let me, let me back my mind all the way up. Um, how do you know you have faith? Um, the way to know that you have faith is it kind of goes hand in hand with conviction. At least, at least that's one way to know that you have faith. When you are walking with God and you find yourself in a situation where there's an opportunity to do something that you know is out of line with God, or at least the spirit knows that it's out of line with God, there is this feeling that you'll have that this ain't what it's supposed, this ain't it, this ain't it. Like, I don't think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. That grief that you're feeling is a grieving of the spirit. That saying, this ain't, mm, this ain't quite what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's those type of little nuances that we'll feel from one space to another where when we're doing something that is pleasing to the spirit, it'll start to really bring us a lot of joy in the spirit. There was this one time when we were having this conversation, last, I think it was last week, and I turned to Proverbs 3 to read the verse, Trust in the Lord with all, thy, uh, with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. My spirit jumped so bad in me, like it was so such a great moment. That I had to read that scripture three times. Like I, I, I was like in the middle of a, wanting to talk. And I had to, I had to repeat that thing about three times. Because my spirit just felt so much joy and elation from reading that, from reading that, that scripture. 
Like, it was freaking phenomenal. I hadn't felt like that in a very long time, and it was freaking awesome. There'll be these moments where you just kind of, you're just, you just know this is, this is what it is, and this is what it ain't. There'll be times when you, you're, you're about to walk into sin, about to walk into darkness, and something in your spirit is like, not this way. Or something in your spirit will remind you, no weapon formed against you should prosper. You know, lean, lean out on your own understanding. Um, you know, uh, you know, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Like these things will just kind of start sparking off in you. And as a result, that is a surefire way to know that you have faith. Because the Spirit will start to recall things. We got to remember what the Holy Spirit's job is. The Holy Spirit's job is to remind us of Christ. And to remind us of the things of Christ. And to empower us to do the things that God has called us to do. And so we'll start to see. And we'll start to just feel like little sparks here and there of God kind of just putting us in rhythm with Him. Like, you know... As you're walking throughout your day-to-day, you know, you start to kind of see things differently. You know, when you're walking outside and you see a tree, you know, you start thinking about the Lord and how the Lord created the tree. And you're looking out into the sky and start to see that the sky, you know, is is just perfect in all amazement. And you start to kind of well up on the inside and you kind of just want to, I'm not going to say you want to shout per se, but you kind of want to shout. Kind of like David did when he said, When I look up at the stars in the sky, how your hand formed those things, what is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you thoughtful, that you even think of him? And yet you set him a little lower than the angels. Like you just start to kind of roll up in the worship to him. Eating food won't taste the same. Like it tastes different now because you can actually, you, you taste the flavors and it just, it stirs up a worship in you. You know, when you're listening to music and you hear the melodies and you hear the harmonies and you hear the layers, like it just, it just feels different. It sounds different to you when you're, you know, embracing your loved ones. It feels different when you embrace them. Like those are the kind of the signs that your faith walk is different because for the unbeliever, they can enjoy things, but their joy of things terminates on the things itself the things themselves. But anytime that we enjoy something as the believers in God, it tends to roll up to worship to God. Even having sex, unbelievers can have sex and they can enjoy it, but it terminates on the sex itself. But we as the believers, when we have sex, we it rolls up to worship to God. I'm not saying we're like shouting and doing all that type of stuff and all that kind of mess when, you know, when we're, you know, like we're in church or whatever, but we thank God for you know the orgasm that he gave us we thank god that we're able to spend time with our with our loved one we 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 thank god that we're able to have this moment to, of intimacy together like those are everything just feels different and it's because we have a holy spirit living in us that is rolling and resounding in us in such a way to where we're able to roll it up to worship and so the way to know that you have faith is to check within yourself and notice the subtle signs and differences about you compared to who you once were to notice that the things that you used to love you don't love them as much as you do the things that you used to do that you know used to bring you a whole lot of joy they don't bring you joy like they used to you know you could do them but they don't bring you joy they they they, they're rather very frustrating 
Like even after you know, if you if you like if you're a, if you're a believer in God, but still in, you know engaging in premarital sex, you have premarital sex, and it may have made your body feel good, but your soul feels terrible. You know, like that is a sign. Like I should not be doing this, and this is this is not you know pleasing in the sight of God. You know, we're going out and partying all night. You could be at the club, but just being in the club just don't feel the same. As it used to, it just ain't, it ain't, it ain't vibing like it used to. Like, this ain't, this ain't it like it used to be. Those are, again, the sure, surefire signs that you have faith in God. Because when you start to feel those things, it starts to push you in a certain direction. Remember, the process of sanctification is God's work. And he puts this, this feeling in us, this Holy Spirit feeling in us that, hey, this ain't the way. And... The more we grow in God, the more we feel this ain't what it's supposed to be. And at the same time, the things that we're doing, the things that we enjoy, the things that are that are God honoring, the things that God, you know, that are God glorifying, the spirit will, you know, will burst in us and it'll cause us to just want to worship God because of how great this thing is, how we can enjoy family time and it just rolls up to worship the God like, God, I thank you. I get to spend time with my family. I get to spend time with my daughters. I get to spend time with, you know, my wife. I get to spend time, you know, with the dog, you know. I, how things roll up to worship to him there where we, where we celebrate things and we're honoring things and we're being mindful of things. Those are some of the surefire signs that we have a walk-in relationship with God. You know, as God is building up our spirit, man, and molding us from one degree of glory to the next into the image of, our, in the image of his son, in the image of our Christ, we we begin to see the manifestation of that. We see the, start to feel the feelings of that. And we just have to pay attention, again, going back to what we hear and allowing God to be God in our lives. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. I'm live with you guys 6 a.m., 8 a.m., Monday through Friday. I'm uh, going to roll through some more of these comments that I saw in the beginning. Um, let's see. Um, see what's going on in here. Um, just going back through the top. Come back down real quick. Oh, I saw something. Dirt Road said, I left. I let alcohol back in after 10 years. I can't fight it this time. I pray Jesus remembers me. Listen, Dirt, if you're still listening to the, um, to the show, uh, we're praying for you, my brother. I hope that, um, that, you know, that you are, that you recognize that we all make mistakes. We all fall apart. We all do things that we shouldn't do. Um, it, and sometimes, you know, it causes us to fall back into diverse temptations. 
Um, but you know, God still cares. He hasn't left you. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't forsaken you. And so continue to stay strong in the Lord. Um, continue to, you know, know that God has not given up on you. We, even when we're faithless, God is still faithful. And so we fall down, man, but we just, we just get back up again. Again, allow the Holy Spirit to do the work of convicting us of sin to, of, of, let me make this personal. Let the Holy Spirit do its do his job of convicting you of sin, comforting you despite your sin by the person and work of Jesus Christ that died for all sin, past, present, and future, um, encur encouraging you to get up from the mess that you're in, to get up and 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 put in and, and whatever plan you got to put in place to get back on your feet you do that you work your steps you go to rehab you go to counseling whatever you need to do and then you be empowered by the holy spirit to do all that right don't do it in your own strength it's not by your strength it's not by your power it's not by your might but it's all by the power of the holy spirit living in you that we conquer all of our demons, that we conquer all of our issues, that we conquer all of our problems. And so again, if you're still listening, my brother, get up from there. You don't have to stay down there. We all make mistakes. We all fall short. We all fall apart sometimes. You know, the world, the listen, we thought that just because we were going to be Christians that God was just going to, um, that we were just going to be absolved of the, of, the, of, the, of the battle with sin. Heck no. Colossians chapter 3 and 1 tells us we got to... <clears throat> Seek those things that are above where Christ is, and we got to put to death, therefore, what is fleshly within us. Like, we got to do that thing simultaneously. The battle's not over yet. Just because we're in the kingdom doesn't mean the battle's over. It just means that our mistakes are not counted against us because we are in the kingdom. We don't, we don't work to earn our way into the kingdom. We are in the kingdom by the work of Jesus Christ. So our sins are not counted against us, but we still got to fight. So pick up your sword. Pick up your shield, pick up your helmet, put those things on, and get to work. Get to battle. We, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against principalities and powers. And that sin has come back to try to tell you of something that you're not. If you are a Christian, you are a Christian. If you are Christ, you are Christ. No man can take you out of Christ's hands, not even you. And so don't allow your mistake to be the end. It's not the end. It's just a blip on the radar screen in the grand scheme of God's um, calling in your life. And so get up from there. You have been convicted of your sin, but, Christ, but the Holy Spirit is comforting you to remind you that Christ died for every last one of your sins. Be encouraged. Create a plan. Whatever you got to do to get up from that mess, to get up from the mistake that you made, going back to the bottle, and then get to work. The Holy Spirit living in you gives you the power to conquer this. And I, and I promise you, it's not going to be easy, but I promise you it's going to be worth it. Because at the end of the day, Christ hadn't given up on you. And you got an army of brothers and sisters right now, the 14 brothers and sisters that are watching right now, that are praying with you, that are praying for you, that are standing in the fray with you, and are, you know, encouraging you to keep going, keep moving forward, keep doing what God is calling you to do. Get up from there. Alcohol does not have to have control over you. Be influenced and be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do what it is that is meant, that you are meant to do because at the end of the day, you know, the devil can't have you unless you allow him to. The devil cannot have you unless you allow him to. 
And so you, so you, you know, again, get up from that mess. We make mistakes. We fall short, but God's got you. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show right here on TikTok Live. I'm with you live Monday through Friday from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, Rapacana County said, my heart is broken into a trillion pieces. Catch my girlfriend cheated on me with four men in my car yesterday. I don't know if you're playing. Um, I don't I don't know if you're playing, but if you're not, I'm so sorry for you in that regard. And I hope that, you know, God can just mends your heart and helps you to be able to get past that. Because that is not an easy thing to get over and overcome. So I'm praying for you in that regard, if that is the case. Um, let's see. Um, good morning to you, Nurse D725. Hope you're doing well this morning. Um, let's see. Let's see. Gotcha Girl said, I understand this. I think Satan has been questioning me, question, has me questioning whether or not I'm putting my faith in him. And I feel like this is happening in the middle of a trial. God, please be with me. Um, so gotcha. I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to make you put your business out there like that. Um, if you want to DM me later, um, I am available via DM. Um, and so if you want to share with me what's going on and we can talk one-on-one, um, I'll be more than happy to talk with you through that. Um, but do know that you, that, um, you are absolutely right. You know, the devil comes to try to take our faith from us. Remember when we talk about the weapon, the weapon, um, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. No weapon formed against me shall prosper is not talking about, you know, weapons are not going to prosper against my dreams and my goals and my, and my, you know, hopes and my affairs and my endeavors. It's talking about our soul. No weapon formed against us shall prosper as it comes to destroying our soul. But that weapon going to hurt. It, it is designed to hurt. It is designed to break some things down. It's designed to pull some things apart. It's designed to destroy some things. Even Paul himself said, that if they take my body, I'm going to be with Jesus. Okay? They can take my body, but they can't take my soul. So if they kill me, they're just going they to they, they send me to the Lord. So, you know, hey, <laughs> whether I'm here or whether I'm not, I am with the Lord. I'm in, I'm with him. If I'm in, in the, if I'm here, I'm with him. If I die. So <laughs> and what are they going to do? Take my body. Ooh, I'm so scared. The weapon can take the body. Can I call a spade a spade? Cancer kills. Everybody who goes into that hospital praying that God will give them a miracle. Don't get the miracle. You know, some people walk out of don't don't get to walk out of that hospital when they have a terminal illness. As much prayer and holy water and, 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 and giving the tithes to the church all day long, that don't mean cancer still don't kill folk. Car accidents happen all the time. You know, the, you know, um, you know uh, people lose jobs. You know, people lose homes. Like the hurricane that just passed through. Some people lost their homes. Some people lost a lot of stuff. Like these weapons, they hurt. They hurt hard. And sometimes they are meant to destroy some stuff, but it doesn't destroy the soul. The weapon can't destroy the soul. God, the, the Satan can ha- has dominion over some of this stuff in this world. 
and, and God sometimes give. Oh my gosh. We think sometimes that the only person that God that has given given Satan permission to touch is Job because they had one conversation that we got to be privy of. Can I call can I call something out? God and the Satan have had a whole bunch of conversations about a whole bunch of people. Okay? Some of us are going through trials and tribulations because God has said to Satan's face, you can you can have you can have everything but just don't touch your soul. You can have everything else, but just don't touch your soul. Some of us are put through that trial. Some of us are put through that tribulation. Because the soul, the soul is what matters the most. And so for some of us, we might go through some stuff. But it doesn't mean that he has a soul. Our souls are anchored in Jesus. Our souls are anchored in him. And as a result, the weapon may form. But it doesn't mean it's going to prosper if we stay anchored to the one who has our soul eternally. But don't but don't don't mistake that, you know, just because we're in the Lord means that we're going to have an easy life. The good life is. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The good life does not equate to the easy life. I got to write that down. I'm sorry. Give me a minute. I got to write that down. I got to write that down. Like, hold on. See, we often think, woo-wee! Let's take it to the scriptures. Um, let's see to the scriptures. Where is it? 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 Romans chapter 8 verse 26 starts off like this. Likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what, um, knows what is, is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What is he saying here? We think that the good life, the all things work together for the good, it's talking about a life of ease. Can't come on, let me, let's 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 we let's kill some demons today. We think that the good life is about a life of ease, a life of comfort, a life of relaxation, a life of living on the beach every day, all day for the rest of our lives as we sip in my ties. That's what we think about when we think of all things are working together for my good. That's what we think about. But let's call a spade a spade. The good life is not an easy life. Now, all things working together for good is not talking about what 
I define good as. It's talking about the agenda of God, which is always good, but it don't feel good always. And so we as the believers got to get out of this mindset of thinking that all things working together for my good is talking about me having an easy life. It's talking about whatever God's agenda is, that is what he's working out for me. And sometimes that good means I got to go through some S-H-I-T to get to where God wants me to be for his purpose and not ours. We're going to go through some trials. We're going to go through some tribulations. And sometimes the dark night of the soul is a season of dark nights of the soul. Sometimes we be struggling for years. And yet God sees fit for us to endure the struggle in the comfort of knowing that if I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, we have nothing to fear because God is with us. But it so this idea that the good life is an easy life, we got to get off that. We got to get off that because at the end of the day, this life is not going to be easy. Listen, we God has already told us in order for us to be a part of the kingdom, he's got to break us from the things that we love. That by itself already tells you this life ain't going to be easy because there's some stuff we want to do that we can't. Some stuff we love, we can't do it. Some things we crave, we can't do it. Some things we wish we could do, we can't do it. Some people we wish we could be with, we can't be with them. Some things we wish that we could partake in, we can't partake in. Some places we wish we could go, we can't go. Some places that we, some, some things that we wish that we could, uh, you know, occupy our time, effort, and energy into, we can't. Some things we wish we could listen to, we can't. Why? Because we can't be who God's called us to be and partake in those things anymore do those things anymore. We cannot say that we are a part of the kingdom and do what we want to do, knowing that we knowing that is out of line with God and try to wrap it up and try to justify it by finding a key verse that if we twist it enough, it'll start to make sense about what we want to do. We can't do that. So this life that we want, this this good this good life that we want in God, that's all things are working together for my good, it ain't talking about our good. It's talking about God's good. And when we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will give us the desires of our heart. If God is our greatest delight, he will give us more of him. If his agenda is our greatest delight, he will give us more of his agenda. If his way is our greatest delight, he'll give us more of his way. The scriptures say, um, I was in Psalm 121, no, not Psalm 121, Psalm 119. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. 
How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up my word in, in your, your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your words. This man goes on for another 170, for a whole 176 verses. Talking about how much he loves the, the, loves the law of the Lord. How he delights in the law of the Lord. That is our heart's posture. When we, again, the voice of God becomes the further, the, 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 the uppermost and the first thing that we want to hear from one day to the next. We die to ourselves and we love the Lord. We love the Lord and we go through what we go through despite what the circumstances that happen around us. And so, again, we got to be ever so careful and ever so mindful that we're not mistaking the good life for the easy life. It's not. This life is not going to be easy for a believer. It's going to be good, but it's not going to be easy. There'll be some easy days, but it's not going to be easy always. God did not promise us the easy life. He promised us the good life. And the good life is full of some trials and tribulations from one time to another. There's a lot of good, and we got to pay attention to the good. Pay attention to it. There's a lot of great stuff that happens in this life. And we got to be ever so careful to be grateful for those mountaintop experiences. It's not poo-poo them when we go through the valley. But recognize that if you are a believer, count, don't be surprised when you're going through stuff. I don't think I'm going to be able to find it. I don't think I'm going to be able to find it. I don't think I'm going to be able to find it. Maybe James. Let me see. Might be James. Oh, Jimmy. Yep. James chapter 1, verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. <sighs> Count it all joy. Don't be surprised. Do not be surprised. We're going to go through stuff. Don't be surprised. Just count it all joy. Because that's what God has come to do. We're going to go through stuff in order to be strong in the Lord. But be strong in the Lord. Because for those who love him, all things are indeed working together for our good. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show right here on TikTok Live with your boy Eddie D right here. Uh, we're um, live Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Give me one second to get my 
computer back up. There we go. Uh, we're live with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly grateful for the 1,500 likes that we've received so far. And thank you guys for the comments in the comment box. Um, you know, we're so grateful for every person in here. Um, Black Shampoo says, everything I've done in the world in darkness was pretty plain. But I realized the prophet in me and allowed the Holy Spirit to do his work only because I believe and put the work in of repentance and it was not easy for that person in that mirror to change but i did and now i live in the kingdom and i thank god for that i thank god that you are part of the kingdom thank god that you are part of the family you know because again it's not easy again this 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 life that we live is not easy um but god never promised us again the easy life he promised us the good life but he didn't promise us the easy life and so again you know we got to be ever so careful that we are not mistaking the um the 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 easy life um the good life for the easy life because again this life is not meant to be easy for us um, but we can overcome any any issue or problem that we have if we're willing to move forward in god um trying to see any rose smith was in here for a minute i don't i'm pretty sure she's left by now um saying um um god has killed the devil love one love um wow that's crazy why she do that smile um don't know what she was referring to in any of that stuff um so not quite sure what was going on there um trying to see um let's see Jesus won't give up on you. You are you are you are going in on the um on the comments. I really am thankful for you today. If you're still on, really grateful for you today for hitting us um hitting us through this um through these comments today. Okay. All right. So, um, one of the things that I wanted to talk to us about um, over the course of several shows that we've done here so far, I noticed a common theme when it comes to a lot of the um, the unbelievers, the agnostics, the atheists um, who come on live. Um, and again, I love all y'all. So, you know, keep it coming. I'm not you know, again, you know, just be mindful of what you say in the comments because if if you, you get if you get you go you cross the line go too far, obviously I'm gonna mute you. Um, but um, I am grateful for every person that rolls through here, especially the unbelievers, um, because um, one of the things that I notice about the these types of engagements is that it gives me an opportunity personally to be able to see what it is that's keeping a lot of people from having faith in God. Uh, what is it that they be thinking about? What is it that they, they be feeling that, you know, makes them feel like, you know what, I don't want anything to do with that God. I don't want anything to do with him because if, you know, if God, then why? If God, then this. If God, then that. If God, then why in the scriptures? If God, you know, there's a lot of different 
if God then type of questions. If God blank, then why blank? You know, and so I um, am grateful for every person, again, that comes through here who has the courage to ask the questions. Um, I don't try to use this platform as a means of doing, you know, apologetics work. Uh, that's not the lane that God has blessed me to be a part of. Um, I got a little too much strife in me still um, to engage in that type of work. Um, but I'm trying. I'm trying. And I hope you guys are praying for me as we continue engaging in the space because this is the platform that God has, you know, told me to enter into and to talk about him with. And anytime that you're doing something in the public space, anytime you're doing something in the public area, you know, you're going to be met with challenge. And I and so I welcome it. I, I don't, I'm not looking for it, but I welcome it. If you want to, um, you know, again, ask your questions, your comments, whatever. I'm, I'm not going to back down. Just, again, keep it respectful and keep it classy. You go too far, then, you know, we, we, we're going to have to, you know, hit that good old mute button. Um... So one of the things that I'm noticing as a result of um, the um, the type of questions that people are asking is that I, I see a lot of people who only see the bad things, quote unquote, that God has done. Like they, they, they only mention bad stuff. You know, if God is so good, why did he allow slavery? If God is so good, you know, why did he, you know, you know, put in the word that, you know, you can have female slaves and slave master got to marry, you know, the, um, the, the, the female slave. If God is so good, then why did he allow, you know, babies to be killed in Egypt? You know, if God is so good, you know, then why, you know, did he, you know, allow, you know, what happened, you know, the other day? When the when the um when the earthquake happened and all those people died, how, why did he allow that to happen? If if God is so good, then you know why would he choose to allow you know his son to die on the cross? Like I wouldn't kill my son if he, the, the, for the sins of the world. I wouldn't do that. You know I wouldn't do it like that. If God is so good, then you know why? You know the, would God just you know do the world the way that he did it? Like it doesn't make sense. You know, if he was such a good God, then he would have done the God a whole, he would have done this whole Christian thing a whole different way. You know, if he's so good, then why would he allow Satan to exist? He could just blip Satan off the radar screen, you know, and then we got, never got to deal with him. You know, why is it that he'd allow this and why is it that he allowed that? And so, again, I find it, I, I find it interesting that the only thing that people that the only the only thing that people seem who don't want to walk with God or are so upset with God or mad that we're following God, um, the only thing that they keep bringing up is the stuff that they that he they feel he's done that are bad. But they never mention anything that he did that was good. Never. They never mention anything good he does. You know, they never mention the fact that. He got the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage. You know, he saved Moses, who was doomed to die, you know, so that he could liberate them out of bondage. That even as he kicked Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden, he clothed them. They didn't have to make their own clothes. He made clothes for them. 
I don't know if they ever ruined and had to go make some more, but he made clothes for them as they were ushered out of the garden. You know, they never talk about the fact that, you know, Esther saved all of her people from destruction by, you know, by going to the king and risking her life, you know, by going to the king, you know, unannounced, you know, which was un was not customary for anyone to do. Um, they don't, he don't, they don't look at the fact that four, you know, that, that, that four, um, that th the three Hebrew boys were thrown into the fiery pit and they were unburned. They were, they were, they were, they were not burned at all. You know, they don't look at the fact that Rahab, a prostitute was saved, you know, while the people were going in to read, to take the land of Jericho. Like they don't, they don't talk about that stuff. They don't talk about the fact that Ruth, who by all intents and purposes, was not a part of the kingdom, and yet she became, you know, Boaz kinsman, became her kinsman redeemer. They don't talk about that. They don't talk about the fact that David was hunted down by a jealous king. David ain't never did nothing wrong with this man and was hunted down, and yet God spared him time and time again until Saul was killed on the battlefield. You know, they never, they never talk about the fact that, you know, you had a woman who was caught in adultery and Jesus stooped down and after telling the folk, he who was without sin cast the first stone, looked at this woman and said, where are your accusers? And she said, there are none. And he was like, neither do I accuse you. Go your way and sin no more. Like they never talk about the good stuff he does. Never talk about the good stuff he did. Never talk about the fact that despite that this bad, bad hurricane blew through um Florida, yeah um you know three weeks ago, nobody died. N there was no record of anybody dying. Yeah, a lot of houses were lost and a lot of you know um, electrical damage and things, but not not one report saying anybody died. Not one report talking about anybody had to go to the hospital on account of the hurricane itself. Like, you know, we never we never talk about the good stuff that that God has done. We never talk. We never give God the credit for any of the good stuff that He does. We want to give Him all the credit for all the bad stuff. If God is so good, why would he allow? If God was so good, why would he allow? But we never give God credit for any of the good stuff. Oh, that was that was all science. You know, that was all science. That the, the wind and the pressure moved the wind the way that it moved. And that's why, you know, nothing, no one was killed. Because, you know, you know, it was just science that did all of that. You know, that, you know, oh, it was a good economy that year. And that's the reason why people were able to get jobs and things like that. You know, we never look at the fact... You know, that, you know, God had to impress upon the people to make sure to, to put in their hearts to give these people jobs and stuff like we don't we never want to give God the credit for the good stuff. But we want to discredit him by putting all the bad stuff on him, give him zero percent credit, 100 percent blame. And it's like, you know, you know why, you know, again, this is what I find fascinating with a lot of people who bring up the fact that if God is so good, why then would he allow? Because it's like he's the same God who allows all the good stuff that happens in our lives. You know, just as bad things happen to us because we live in a broken world where broken people do broken things in a broken universe where everything is broken. The animals are broken. The weather is broken. The oceans are broken. Everything's broken in this universe. 
Things are not operating the way that they are supposed to. Since sin entered the universe, everything is messed up. And we, again, God, why would God allow that to happen? Why would God allow us to live, move, and have all being? Why would he allow, you know, us to be able to see, to be able to, you know, feel the warmth of our family members when we embrace them? You know, why would he allow us to be able to, you know, to, 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 you know, drive in our cars and go to the beach and enjoy a great weekend on the beach? Why would he allow us to enjoy great food? You know, so many options that we have of food, you know, why would he allow the good things that happen in this world? It's because he's God. Yes, there are people that are out there that are starving, but yes, there are also people out there that are, that are sitting pretty too. It's, it's not an either or, it's a both end, and God is the orchestrator of all things. He allows these things to happen because he's God. He allows good to happen in the world because he's God. He allows bad things to happen in the world because he's God. And he is telling the story of the gospel of Jesus Christ, both through the written word that he's given us and the lives that we live. And if we have the spiritual discernment to see with the spiritual eye what God is up to, we'd be more humble about how we approach the how we approach God when it comes to the questions that we have about himself and not sit in a seat of arrogance as if God deserve God deserves to be judged based on our finite thinking. Again, we trust in the Lord and we don't put our trust in ourselves. We don't lean on our own understanding. We acknowledge him in all our ways as he directs our paths. Like God does what he does because he's God. He doesn't he doesn't owe any of us an explanation for why he does what he does. But we can trust and know that everything is under his command and everything is under his control. And that, as we just talked about 10 minutes ago, all things are working together for the good of them who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And so even though we might not even understand half the things that he does from one day to the next, or we, we just can't, be, we can't believe this thing happened on his watch, at the same time, we can trust and understand that it didn't catch him by surprise didn't catch him off guard and he is willing and just to do whatever he needs to do so that his purpose can be fulfilled you know i i talk a lot about how you know we as people have fickle definitions of good and bad and the way that you know the way that i sum it up is that christ by all accounts, never did a thing wrong. Never did a single thing wrong. And yet the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Sanhedrin and the Romans, they all thought this man was dead wrong. And they put him on a cross. So if they, if they, if they thinking, you know, Jesus was bad, <laughs> and and he never did a thing wrong what should we the believers expect an unbeliever to believe about god you know what what should we expect of people who don't believe in god to think about god if they if the people who believed in god crucified jesus 
how much more should we expect an unbeliever to believe about God? Like, of course. And they're going to come up with every possible permutation of a reason to not believe in him. It's okay. Because at the end of the day, as we've said many times before, until you surrender to Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to enter your heart, you will never understand God the way he's meant to be understood. And so again, you know, when we, when, when we, you know, walk with him and we talk with him, we have a greater appreciation for him and knowing that all things are working together for the good of his agenda. And we have the, 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 the privilege of knowing what his agenda is by virtue of being a part of the kingdom. He says, if you're part of the kingdom, there is no secret that he'll withhold from you. There's no, there's no secret that he is, that he, that about his agenda and what he's up to that he'll withhold from those who love him. If you want to know what God is up to, if you want to know the whys and the hows, you've got to be a part of the kingdom because that's the only way you're going to know. These things that he gives us are spiritually discerned. They're not discerned by human machinations. And so again, you know, the wisdom that we impart and the reason for this show is to empower and in, 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 in enliven the spirit man and in, um, to empower the believers into, into recognizing and understanding that you have this knowledge, you have this wisdom by virtue of being in the kingdom. All you got to do is ask. All you got to do is seek. All you got to do is knock. For the unbeliever, if you want this wisdom, if you want to understand, if you want to believe, if you want to know, just knock, ask, seek. God is saying, I'm willing to give it to you. You gonna have, you got to surrender to me before I give it to you. But I'm willing to give it to you. I'm willing to help you to understand what it is. You don't have to understand in order to be a part of the kingdom. God will get you and bring you into the kingdom and then give you understanding. You do not have to understand Genesis through Revelation in order to understand Jesus. You do not have to understand, you know, you don't have to have read all six books to get into the kingdom. You don't have to have cleaned your life up in order to get into the kingdom. You can be a part of the kingdom and then get to work. That is the whole point of the kingdom. Repentance and belief is such to where you can get, you can be saved for free. You're, de you're, you are denouncing with your heart. I do not want to love these things anymore, more so than I do God. I do not want to love. I want to love what he loves. I want to hate what he hates. I do not. I'm renouncing everything that I'm in love with, including myself, and putting God at the uppermost of my affections and my attention and of my allegiance. And then as it pertains to belief, I am pushing all my chips in. Everything that God says I am, everything that God says I'm not, everything that he is, everything that he's not, his agenda, his approach to life, everything, I'm pushing all my chips in with him. I am becoming a disciple of Christ, a disciple of God. I am following him to the nth degree, to the point where when all is said and done, if it ain't Jesus at the end of this, at the end of this road, then I am doomed. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show right here on TikTok Live with your boy Eddie D. Here from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And so grateful that you guys have come through on today. Thank you for the 1,500 likes that we've gotten so far. Um, we have to, um, we have, we're, we're so grateful again that you guys are, you know, here 
thankful for the comments in the comment box. Um, Mark Sagan says, funny, God is so much like a human, almost like God made, God's made in our image. So I'm going to take you to Genesis chapter 1. Verse 24, nope, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have <coughs> dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and he created him male and female he created them and god blessed them and i'm gonna take you then to second corinthians I believe it's in chapter four hold on make sure i got it right Here we go. Second Corinthians chapter three, starting at verse twelve. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold, not like Moses who put, would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened. For to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. I'm about that veil being torn. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is a spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So, I'm reading, read Genesis 1 again. Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the all the earth, and over and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Oh my gosh! I keep messing that up. I keep reading the wrong thing. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him. Male and female, He created them. I'm going to go into Ezekiel because there's, a, there's something that God is trying to piece together there. Verse 24 of Ezekiel 36. I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart, and, I, and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and give you a heart of flesh. 
and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. You shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. So then in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 17, I'm sorry, chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is spirit. And so we have to recall that God gives us, God gives us um, a new heart. He gives us the heart of God. He gives us a spirit. He gives us the spirit of God. We got to remember that when after when when everything was created perfect and yet we messed up by virtue of Adam and Eve, we cut ourselves off from the glory of God. We cut ourselves off from communion with God. <clears throat> and God said in his word that I am going to make you love me again in such a way to that glorifies my name. So I'm going to remove the heart of stone, going to remove the un the, the hardened heart within you, and I'm going to give you the heart of flesh and I'm going to put my spirit in you and it's going to cause you to walk in me to reflect the character and the nature of who I am. When we talk about the word image, we're not being molded and shaped into a picture of God as if now my face is being taken off and his face is being put on me. This ain't face off, which is a good movie, by the way. Really good movie. John Travolta, um, Nicolas Cage, uh, chef's kiss. Um, Gina Gavron, chef's kiss. Um... But this ain't face off. He's not taking my face off and then putting his face on so that we look like him. When God talks about being made in an image, he's talking about the character and the nature and the renown of who he is. That we are to be a walking in reflection of who he is in the world. That we're not taking on a the body of God. We are souls, and our souls reflect the character and the nature of God in the world. We are a reflection of who he is. We messed that up when we became some glory thieves. And to this day, we're still trying to, trying to claim glory for ourselves in some way, shape, or form so we can call ourselves gods. Stop. We are not gods. We want so, we want so badly, oh my gosh, can I call us out for a moment? Whew. We want so badly to sit on a throne and say that we are the God of our universe and that we are the master of the universe. We are some glory thieves. What? What? For what? Why do you want so badly to sit on the throne? Why do you want so badly to be able to call yourself a God? Why do you want so badly to be able to call yourself a king? Why do you want so badly to be the one who's in control of your life? Are you that afraid of giving control of your life to someone who actually is in control of your life? And acknowledging that, I'm going on a tangent. That's not the point. But um, 
when we are when we're called to be a, the image bearers of God, we are not called to look like him in the physical. We are to look like him in the spiritual, in our souls, to reflect the character and the nature of God in the world by our souls. That we are to be seen and to be known as the image bearers of God. We messed that up when we were being some glory thieves, but God already had that, already knew that was a part, going to be a part of the plan anyway. So that we can't take credit for being good in the world. We need him. We need him to be the people that he's called us to be. We cannot be fully human without God. We cannot be fully human without the Lord. To be human without him is to not be fully human. We can only be our fullest selves when we have him in us. That's why he has to take out the heart of stone and put in us the heart of flesh so that we can walk out the ref and be who we're meant to be. The humans he designed us to be. We were never designed to be God. So again, we got to get out of this silly notion that we're gods. We sit on the throne. We're, we're the master and commanders of our own design. Because if we are indeed God, then calling us out. Why is the world still in a, in a state that it's in? If I have all the power in the world to do what I want to do, this world would be exactly the way that I want it to be. I'm call spade a spade. If I'm a god, this world gonna be exactly the way I want it to be. It's not gonna be the way that it is. Cause the way that it is, it ain't working. Not for me. It might be working for somebody, but it ain't working for me. Not the way that I want it to work. That's why I said the good life ain't the easy life. Cause if it were up to me, my life would be easy. So again, I can't be a god. And neither can any of us be a God. Because here it is, I'm trying to deal with my own problems. I can't deal with the problems of the entire world. That's 7 billion people. I can barely deal with the four people in my house plus my dog. I can barely deal with the people that I work with. Barely deal with the people that I work for. Like, come on. I don't, I don't have the capacity to be God. I have the capacity by God's design to reflect the character and nature of God, but I don't have the capacity to be God. He didn't design us to be gods. He designed us to be human. But to be fully human, we have to have God in us because that's the only way that we can fully be who he designed us to be as his image bearers. So he replaces the heart of stone and gives us a heart of flesh. He puts his spirit in us and causes us to walk out his statutes, repentance and belief. Once again, the Holy Spirit is uh, he. The Holy Spirit is imbued within us, is put in us, and as a result of that, we then are walking out his statutes, walking out his ways, walking out his purposes, walking out his precepts. And as a result, we, as we're going through the process of sanctification, from one degree of glory to the next, we are being molded and shaped, and forged, and purified to look more like the character and nature of Jesus. I don't look like Jesus on the outside. 
I don't know what he really looked like. We got some descriptions in the, in the scriptures, but I don't look like Jesus. Okay? And so, I don't walk around looking like Jesus on the outside with my body, with my face, with my eyes and all that jazz. But I can look like him on the inside because that's what the whole point of the exercise to be molded and shaped into the image of God from one degree of glory to the next. And as a result of that, we are the image bearers of God by our character and our nature. We're not just walking, we're not just looking like God, you know, on the outside as if to then say, well, then God looks like me. No, no, that's blasphemous. Take that somewhere. What we're saying is the character and the nature of who God is should be reflected and renowned in the character and nature of who we are. But the only way for that to happen is we have to have a connection with the Savior because he is the way. The way, the truth, and the life. And we got to be connected to him in order to be able to walk out and carry out the character and nature of God. Because we can't do this without him. We cannot be the full humans that we're meant to be without the Lord being in us. Because otherwise, we're only living half a life. A life that is only, you know, that's only about us and not about him. And not about reflecting the image that he designed us to reflect as his viceroys in the world. And so again, we are being molded and shaped into that same image from one degree of glory to the next to be the people of God that God has called us to be. We will we will never measure up to the full character and nature of who God is until God calls us home. And yet, he gives us enough of himself to be able from one degree of glory to the next to walk this thing the walk this thing out as best as we can uh, by empowered by the Holy Spirit. Um, to know that, you know, even on our work, even if we make a mistake along the way, he ain't counting us out the kingdom. But he allows us from one degree of glory to the next to continue carrying out, you know, who he is in the world. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 8, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so much for the 1,700 likes today. We're so grateful for um, your for your desire um, to be on the show with us. We're grateful that you've given us this opportunity to be able to um, speak to you on today. Um, and so, again, um, you know, looking through here, seeing the things being said. Um, and so, Mark, the only thing that I can say to you is, once again, the only way that you'll know what all this means is you got to have a relationship with Jesus, man. You got to have a relationship with Jesus. Because again, as I've said to you specifically several times on this show, our finite thinking cannot understand the mind of God. You know, God did not create all those other beings, all these other creatures in the world to reflect his image. He didn't. He he he, he called he called on us to have that role. And so, no. None of the creatures in this world have souls. None of the creatures in this world. He gave us commit. He gave us dominion over those things. He did not give. He didn't give those things souls. He didn't give birds. He didn't give dogs. He didn't give um, you know, um, cats. He didn't give tigers, lions, bears, you know, gorillas. He didn't give none of them souls. He gave us souls. And so, 
again, you know, to understand that, you got to understand Jesus. In order to understand Jesus, you got to be one with him. And so we can go back and forth all day. But at the end of the day, if you really want to understand this stuff, ask God. And if you really want to understand the secrets of the universe, be a part of the kingdom. For in the kingdom, we are imparted a secret and hidden wisdom that is made plain to anyone who will believe. But you got to believe. And so you can go back and forth. You can go back and forth all day. But at the end of the day, unless you believe in Jesus, then you don't have to keep stepping over Jesus in order to live the life that you're living. Because again, you because you, as you're saying, Mark Sagan says, I can't get past that. That's BS human arrogance. That's not, that's not human arrogance. Human arrogance is what's got you locked in your mind right now in believing in believing how you believe. But at the end of the day, I'm not trying to press that upon you to force you to have a relationship with Jesus. Because, again, who are we? Who are we as the people of God to question the creator God? How are we? to question what God has done. Because again, I'm not questioning the intelligence of creatures. I'm not questioning the, the, into, the emotional intellect of creatures. All I'm telling you is what the word says. All I'm doing is telling you what the word says. And at the end of the day, none of those creatures are the image bearers of God. None of them are. We are the image bearers of God. And so as a result, how God is going to judge them is not on us. At the end of the day, we got to work out our salvation. I'm not saying that we go about destroying all the animals and being mean and unkind to animals or anything like that. Not saying anything like that. But what I am saying is that God has given us this word and revealed himself to us in such a way to where we recognize our position in the world. And as a result, if the only way to understand in, in the, the, the humility of man as it relates to the superiority of God, you got to have a walk with God. Because at the end of the day, by you thinking the way that you do, which is how a lot of people think, actually, we are assuming that we know more than God. And we're assuming that we know better than God. And I am in no position to question the creator of the universe. I'm in no position to question the creator of the universe. And so at the end of the day, again, I'm not I'm not trying to, you know, go to battle or anything like that. All I'm saying is, as it pertains to being the viceroys of this world, God called us to that position, us human beings, as the viceroys of his character and his nature, and to reflect and renown that in the world. Again, you know, if you can believe that animals have souls if you want to, I don't prescribe to that. I don't prescribe to that. I prescribe to human beings having souls based upon what the word has told us. And so, again, you know, my hope and, that, my hope and prayer is that we just continue to, you know, keep coming back. Because, again, you're going you to come back several times. And, I mean, you're one of my day ones at this point. So, I really do appreciate you for being on the show. Um, but, again, you know... Our human, our human intelligence and our human intellect will never be able to fathom the mind of God. And so again, once again, you know, you got to go to the word on that. 
but again, you can't, unless you have a relationship with the Lord, unless you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you can't understand and unpack any of this stuff. And so again, my heart goes out to you. I'm praying for you. And I pray that God be able to reveal himself to you in such a way to where you're able to lay your pride aside, lay your, lay your, you know, your, your, your hardness aside for a moment and let him really minister to your heart. Because there are some things that he wants to show you that will completely blow your mind. And yet, you know, again, I, you do what you do, believe what you believe. And thank you for coming on to the show. Because again, you know, I ain't got nothing but love for you, man. And I hope that you're doing well today. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show right here on um, TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we're grateful for the 2,100 likes that we have received right here on the show. We're grateful for every person who has come through here and had something to say on today. We're grateful that you guys have given us the opportunity to be able to minister to your hearts and to your souls on today. I had this final comment that we're going to... um go through today and then we're going to call it a day on today give me a minute i want to write some stuff down um um before um image before we get off the show um trying to see what was the other thing that we talked about today give me one second let's kind of go through all of this um, um do, 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 do. how do we know we have faith? All right. And then this final thing today. I saw it. What is it? Okay. <clears throat> what? Alright. So the last comment that I want to talk about today says, No one knows what Jesus said. Um. So, that's not what I believe. And that's not what a whole bunch of us believe. But you are entitled to your opinion. According to the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Mark, the Gospel of Luke and the Gospel of John, as well as the book of Acts um, and the book of Revelation, as well as um, a moment in um, in um, the book of Daniel. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff that Jesus said. Now, yes, we understand for the thousandth time that, you know, men wrote these books. We get it. We get it. Men wrote these books. We understand. But again, these are historical narratives. Historical narratives. You know, this is not a history book that, you know, that was academically and scholarly, you know, um, you know, completed with over thousands, you know, um, um, references and things of that nature. That's not what this Bible is. It's not what these <clears throat> Gospels are. These are historical narratives. Somebody sat down and wrote down everything they could remember about Jesus. And they wrote it and, you know, and, and, and they've been circ they circulated, you know, around the, and, and as a result, these are the historical narratives that we have of what Jesus said. 
And so, again, you know, yes, no one knows what Jesus said. But just like no one knows what George Washington said, no one knows what Abraham Lincoln said, you know. No one knows what a lot of these people said. We just go off of what other people said they said. You know, we we don't know what, you know, uh, we don't know what King George said. We don't know what Napoleon said. We don't know what Genghis Khan said. You know, we don't know what, um, uh, we don't know what a lot of people said. Desmond Tutu, we don't know what he said. Heck, half the time, we don't know what even our politicians really said. We know the statements they made, but we do we know what they really said? Unless somebody got it recorded somewhere? Like, and even when we do know what people said, how often do we let Fox News or CNN or MSNBC tell us that ain't what he really said? Even when the truth is right there playing in our faces. So you mean to tell me you'll listen to what Fox News tells you they said, but you won't listen to what the Lord, according to his own disciples, said he said. Interesting. Interesting. And of course, you know, it's verifiable facts. It's data, blah, blah, blah. But even data can be skewed to go in a certain direction. Even scientists will admit that, that they usually have a conclusion they're trying to find and they will try to skew things to go in their favor, as objective as they claim to be. But again, at the end of the day, this is about belief and not about scientific fact. There are ways to scientifically, to accurately, scientifically prove the existence of God according to, you know, scriptures and things. Um, again, I am too low of mind to even go down that rabbit hole with anybody, including myself. So I won't even dare to peruse that. Um, but there are some great people. Some great people have done that work. Some great, honest, objective people who have done that work um, and have come to conclusions as the result of the work that they've done. You can go and study them if you'd like. Um, but at the end of the day, this is not about scientific, verifiable, objective data. This is about a living savior um, who has come to save the world and it's about a spiritual walk with him, with the creator of the universe. And so based on our spiritual beliefs, we believe everything that the Bible says, everything that the Bible says we are, everything the Bible says we're not. And if we are to believe in Jesus, we are to believe in these scriptures. And so we may not have been there when Jesus said what he said, but we can trust and believe that based upon the preponderance of evidence and even Paul's own admission saying that there's still a whole bunch of people that are here in my time who were there when Christ lived, breathed, died, and rose again, that, you know, we can, we can, tr we can trust the validity of this stuff. Um, but again, we don't have to have, we don't, it doesn't have to be valid in order for us to believe it in the beginning of our belief. As we move forward in our faith walk and grow to know him more and get, you know, studying him more, we grow to find more and more information and understanding of who he is. Um, and so for those who need that in order to believe in him, go for it. Go for it. Because, again, if you know the right people to ask, you can get the information that you're looking for to have a walk-in relationship with Jesus Christ 
one that is valid, one that is accurate, one that is um, verifiable, and one that you can trust. Um, there's a way to go about doing that depending upon who you ask. That's why we said last week, consider your sources. Consider your sources. Because a lot of times, um, and even in the book, The Explicit Gospel, it says this. Your scientists and your um, and your um, your archaeologists and you know um, your people who do this stuff for a living, they will admit that they will sometimes go into their experiments with a desired outcome and try to skew the evidence that they're that they're finding to go in that direction rather than actually seeking the verifiable truth. And so we got to be ever so mindful of considering the sources of which we're getting our information, because if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves thinking one thing that's completely, um, that's completely erroneous, but only thinking that because the person that said what we wanted them to say said it, so it must be true. Um, so, so again, um, saying all that to say, no, no one was there. Living today, no one's there who knows what was said. No one was in the room when it happened. Living today, anyway. But we have over 2,000 years of this, this passage being translated and passed down from one place to another um, time and time again. That um, and it's and it's timeless, and 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 you know even Jewish scholars can look at our 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 Bibles and be like, dude, I went back to the original Hebrew, and it's word for word, word for word, word for word. And so again, you know, um, so we can we can tip our hat off with that. Listen, you have been watching the True Gospel Morning Show right here on TikTok Live with your boy Eddie D. I'm with you guys Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am so grateful for the 2,100 likes that we received today. Thankful for all the comments that we got today. Much, 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 much appreciated everybody who came in and had something to say today. I really do appreciate the comment box today. I feel like we had a really good time in the comment section today. Um, thankful for every question, every comment, every concern. Um, I think I only had to mute maybe two people today, so we're so I think we're moving in a in a really good direction um, today, and so I really do thank y'all for you know having this opportunity to come and um, talk with your boy for a little bit. Um, you know, thank you again so so much for your viewership. Thank you for your time. You could be literally watching anybody else do anything else on this platform, and yet you decide to spend a little bit of time with your boy. Um, I don't I don't take that lightly and I don't find that coincidental for those who don't believe I am praying for you that as we continue in our journey together with God that God continues to knock on the door of your heart and that you accept his invitation and let him in um, I'm so grateful that I have this opportunity and platform to be able to speak to y'all and ask and pray to God that he continues just to impress upon your heart um, the desire that he has for you to be a part of the kingdom. And so continue coming back. Um, my boy Mark, keep coming back, man. Like, again, I appreciate your comments. I appreciate the conversation. I appreciate you so, so much in a very profound way that you're constantly, you know, coming back and coming with questions and coming with comments and coming with concerns and things. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, 
we're 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 in this we're in this um we're in this journey of trying to figure this thing out together um i just feel like i have it figured out um but again that's not me to try to impress upon you um that you need to get it figured out but instead is i'm glad that we're able to have honest dialogue with one another without it becoming combative and so i'm really grateful for you and grateful for anyone like you who comes through these doors um to have conversation with us and so i love you guys have a great Monday and great start to your week and as always if you can't see the good be the good. I love you guys Peace out homies